Welcome to this podcast from Central, Jesus at the Heart. More information is available from www.jesusattheheart.org. getting to the end of a series that we've been doing in the book of Galatians. We've got about two more weeks after this one, a letter um, that was written to a church. And um, Paul wrote quite a lot of letters to a number of people and churches. And what we're going to see happen tonight, he does in a lot of his letters. He starts off with lots of big ideas about who God is and about who we are. He wants us to really understand the truth of that. And then as he gets close to the end of the letter, he tends to get very, very practical. What does it actually look like in the everyday detail of your life to live out the stuff that I've been talking about so far in my letter? And that's what he's going to do tonight. He's going to start to get grounded and everyday in the things that we've been talking about. So as we've been looking at the book of Galatians, we've been thinking a lot about freedom What does it really mean to be free? And I guess Paul would ask this evening, what does it really mean for you to be free? How have you been being changed as you've been listening to what God's been saying to you about freedom? How are you different from the person that you were before we started this series? What have you let God do? Paul's already made it really clear in this book so far that we are free from any kind of slavery to try to obey the law. Any way that we thought it was possible that we could please God with our own efforts by trying really hard to live up to the standards that he would have. Paul is saying that was impossible for you. You might have tried, you might have wanted to try, you might even have kept trying after meeting Jesus, but it is just not possible. You would become a slave to the law and Jesus has set you free from that. Jesus has set you free from trying to please God in your own efforts. What does it look like for us to be standing in the truth of that over these weeks? How are you different today because you know that you are free to live for God because of Jesus, not because you come up to any kind of mark? How has the Holy Spirit been changing you? I don't know. I don't want to put the spotlight on you just now by asking you to turn to your neighbor and say what's been different for you. Probably half of you would say, it's my first time tonight. Don't ask me. I couldn't answer that question. But I do want to pray for us just now that as Paul starts to really apply what this freedom looks like, that we would be recognizing the fruit of that already in our lives. And this evening, we would be really ready for God to do more of that transformation as he brings freedom as a reality to our everyday. You up for that? Let's pray for that just now then. So Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. And while we might be a bit foggy in our minds just now as we try to remember specifics about what you've been doing, we say, Lord, that we believe that you are the God who transforms lives. And we ask this evening that Holy Spirit, by your power and presence, as you illuminate God's word for us, we would be changed. Lord, would you raise our expectation this evening that we would be changed by your living word. 
and by the present power of God here to change us. We're open and we're available to whatever you would want to do this evening, we say, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So why don't you turn with me um, to the book of Galatians in the New Testament. It will come up on the screen, but if you've got Bible, access to one on a phone or whatever, it is always good to check that what I'm saying is really there and uh, really what God says. So Galatians chapter 5, we're going to pick it up at verse 13 and read almost to the end of the chapter. So Paul says, you, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So Paul's saying here that not only are we free from being slaves to the law, trying to live up to God's standards, but we're actually also free from something else that really transforms life for us. He says we're free from any kind of obligation to do what our bodies or our sinful nature, he sometimes calls it in some versions, the flesh, our natural desires might want us to do. They don't have any mastery over us because we have been freed from those. They don't control us anymore. We are free to live differently. He's really saying we shouldn't take the freedom that God gives us by not needing to live up to any kind of standard anymore because the law has been fulfilled. You don't then take that freedom and just do what you feel like any old time. Because what that is doing is just swapping one kind of slavery for a different kind of slavery. Instead of being a slave to the law, what you're ending up being is a slave to your own sinful nature, to your own desires, to your own wants. You give in to them and you allow them to rule you. 
And Paul is saying you have absolutely no obligation for that to be the case for you. Because we haven't just been freed from some bad stuff. We haven't just left behind some things that aren't needed anymore or aren't good for us anymore, but we've actually been freed for some stuff. We've been freed to live differently. We've been freed to love God and to love people. We've been freed to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit, allowing him to change us. So we get to decide what we're going to do with our freedom. It isn't a given what we'll do with it, but we are given the freedom to choose. We're not just asked to leave life in neutral, staying away from all the bad stuff that isn't relevant to us anymore or isn't helpful to us anymore. It's not just about turning our back on something, but it's about actually stepping into something, going after some stuff and taking hold of some stuff. And Paul tells us here, it's about learning to love, to love people really well and to step into every good thing that God has for us by the power of his spirit. There's a much better way and it's called life in the spirit. Because you see, when the spirit of Jesus comes to live in us, the God who loves takes up residence in you and me. And so loving people becomes possible because the God of love lives inside us. And you see, when the spirit of Jesus comes to live in us, he brings the likeness of Jesus to us. And so we begin to live and speak and act in a Jesus way. And so loving people becomes possible by life in the spirit. And when the spirit of Jesus comes to live in us, he brings the perspective of God that I don't think you or I would have by ourselves because he knows everyone that God has made, everyone that's been made in God's image. And he knows what makes them tick and he knows what has hurt them and he knows what makes them difficult to love. And he begins to change our perspective that we would see people the way that God sees them. And so by the spirit living in us, we begin to be changed and we begin to love people that up until now have been hard to love because the spirit of Jesus lives in us. Paul says we have been freed to love people. This life is not just about what we'll say no to. It's about what our yes is going to be. And our yes is to be love. Our yes looks like loving people. Loving people the way that we love ourselves. I don't know how good you are at loving yourself. I don't know how good you are at liking yourself. And yet we are all good at giving time and attention and making provision for ourselves, looking out for our needs. And Paul is saying at the very least learn to do that for other people. But actually we want more. We want to be people who accept everything of the love of God for ourselves first so that we might learn to love other people in the way that he loves us 
that we might learn to love ourselves, that we would learn to love other people because loving people is the right expression of our freedom. Paul says actually love is the answer that fulfills the law. We can do nothing better than love people really well. I don't know how you measure your life. I was talking with some friends on Friday about how in any given season, I can use all kinds of markers to think about how I'm doing, how many friends I've got, how many people I've seen healed, how my walk with the Lord is going, how much I'm doing well at my work, whatever it might be. And on any given day, I can do this with my feelings about how I'm doing. Actually, an incredibly helpful question I find to ask is, am I loving people well? Because actually, I can't really measure that. But it takes my eyes off myself and it fixes them on the things that God has for me. And it propels me once more into living in a Jesus way. Are we loving people really well? Now, what does love mean? Carl would tell you that he loves Arsenal, Haagen-Dazs ice cream and his wife. And that not all love is the same thing. But what does love mean here? Well, Paul tells you, first of all, what it's not. He tells you that it's not arguing, backbiting or self-serving. Sounds like you'll treat yourself and others with respect. We'll treat our bodies with respect. But he also says in another one of his letters in 1 Corinthians 13, explains really well what love is. He says love is the best way. It's patient and it's kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It isn't proud. It honors others. It looks for their best. It doesn't get angry easily. It forgives It looks to do what's best, protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres, always. Love does something. It gives. That is how you know that it's there. And I think that's what Paul is saying. You know that the freedom that we've been speaking about is there in your life because you love And you know that you love because it makes a difference to the people around you. John says this in his letter, 1 John 3 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Are we learning to love like this? Always? That's what Paul says about love, always. Well, I don't know about you, but there's something in what Paul says in that letter in chapter 5 of Galatians about the battle that's going on that I know only too well. That actually inside of me, there are many things that would be at play, it feels, that would stop me loving people in the way that God calls me to. So whether we call it the flesh, whether we call it the sinful nature, it's the part of us that desires selfishness, that doesn't want to love people really well, that we prefer to love ourselves or our own interests really well. It battles against the spirit is what Paul is saying. It's the spirit that makes it possible to love others 
We need the Spirit's help to be able to do that. We can't do it on our own. And yet there's this battle going on, one against the other, that makes it so hard for us to live like that. It can feel like a tug of war in our lives. So if that's a reality for you, it's a picture from the picnic we had just a couple of weeks ago. If you were not there, we missed you and you missed out. You want to do one thing, but you're feeling the pull to do another. But do you know what? It is not an equal battle. It is not a fairly matched tug of war. It's not touch and go about what you're going to choose on any given day. God's best or giving in to the temptation that you feel so strongly. It might feel like that when we're tempted to drink more than we should, when we're tempted to sleep with our boyfriend or girlfriend, when we're tempted to go on that website, when we're tempted to take that substance that's not good for us, when we're tempted to treat someone in a way that is not their best or our best, the battle that we feel is real. It is absolutely real. There is no denying that. Our sinful nature wants us to do what it wants us to do. How do we allow the spirit to win? Well, there are a couple of game changers, a little bit like having the world's strongest man on your tug of war team, not Johnny Barber and some primary school children. Don't know whether that team won that day. There's the power of choice, choosing the best way, not giving in to what we feel like. That's what Paul is saying here. We each have the freedom to choose. None of us is obliged to behave in any kind of way, no matter how long that pattern of life might have been going on for us. If it isn't consistent with the Holy Spirit's ways, then we are under no obligation to live out of it. We are free to choose the way that we will live. We've been freed from any obligation to that. We are not victims to our bodies or to our sinful nature. We have the freedom of choice. My all-time hero, Albus Dumbledore, says this. It is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are, far more than our abilities. A God-given dignity that is in us, made in his image, is that we have freedom to choose. One of the very first things that humanity did was to choose unwisely. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the freedom to choose differently, to choose better to choose truth, truth that says that we don't have to do what our flesh might tell us we want to do, truth that tells us that we're people of the Holy Spirit that are called to be different. I don't know if you've heard me talk before about being a food leper. If anything has wheat or dairy or flavor in it, I'm not allowed to eat it. I have to stay away from such things. So I'm subjected to the food leper section of the supermarket. I think they call it the free from section. It's where nothing really tastes of very much. Nothing looks very appetizing. And when you try to bite into it or break it in half, it has absolutely no texture at all. That's the free from section. And I try not to spend too much time there because when I eat the substitute food that you get there, It actually doesn't satisfy me very much. It doesn't taste very good. And it actually doesn't feel very great in my stomach. But when I go after the nutritious stuff, the stuff that's full of the goodness, I feast on that. I'm strong because of it. 
I don't just stay away from the bad stuff. I go after the good stuff. And so I make myself accountable to you tonight. And I tell you that I have unsubscribed from following Meltmonger on Instagram because it was doing me no good. I go after the good stuff all the time. Paul's saying that here. Let's stay away from the mentality that focuses on the things that we are freed from. Always looking back to what was before. Always looking back to a way that God says to leave behind. And let's fix our eyes on the good stuff that we've been freed for. Because we're going to be changed by the other big game changer. The choice thing feels or could be perceived to be about us, how much resolve we've got on any given day, how wise we're feeling, what choices are available to us. But actually the bigger game changer is the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that enables us to live differently in this new life that we're freed to with all of the opportunities that lie there for us. The Holy Spirit, the personal presence of Jesus living in us, wherever we are, whoever we are. Making the personal transformation of Jesus' likeness in us possible. And bringing personal affirmation that we are God's children and that he calls us to better and to more and to fullness and to freedom. Do you want to be free? Do you want to live differently from the way that you have known in the past? Because we're just called to invite Holy Spirit into our life and to choose to allow him to grow fruit to change us, to make us into Jesus' likeness and to love people really well. We won't all be transformed in an instant, but if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, we will be walking in the right direction and loving people in a new way will be possible. It seems to say here that there are all kinds of acts of the flesh, all kinds of different ways that our sinful nature shows itself. I think there are far more than it lists here in this passage. But Paul says there is one spirit who grows fruit, singular. There's only one way that we are really going to learn to love people well. If I try to do it in my own strength, I'm just going to be managing my behavior. And we have not been called to a life of managing our behavior. We've been called to a life of fullness in the Holy Spirit, where we'll be changed, where we'll know transformation. We cannot do it without the Spirit's power. J.I. Packer says this in his book, Keep in Step with the Spirit. It's one of those old legendary books, but it's brilliant. It says, the Spirit's power alone gives victory. Self-reliance leads only to the discovery of one's impotence, and the experience of defeat. I'm going to read that again. The Spirit's power alone gives victory. Self-reliance leads only to the discovery of one's impotence and the experience of defeat. We've got to trust our freedom to the Holy Spirit's leading. We keep trying to do it in our own strength. We're going to get nowhere ultimately. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to lead us. But maybe you don't even know what that looks like. Or maybe you've heard about something that's to be feared. 
but it is the simple invitation of the believer or someone who says, I want to live differently. Jesus, I want to know you in my life. Would you come and live in me and change me? And what God begins to do as he changes you is he fixes your eyes on Jesus and he allows you to see who you really are in him. And he begins to paint for you a bigger picture, a better picture of who you are and what you've been made for than you could ever have imagined for yourself. Because God knew what he was doing when he made every single one of us. He made us for freedom. He made us to know him. He made us for this life in the spirit. And he begins to show us as we trust him what that really looks like. Not trying to do it in your own strength, but allowing God to change you, giving control of your life to him. I don't know how good you are with control, how you show your control freakery. I'm not a very good flyer. I don't like animals so much because I don't know what they're thinking. And uh, my OCD comes to, uh, to bear whenever I hang up the washing on the line in every two pegs when any item of clothing have to match colours. Confession time there. But we like to have control, don't we? We really like to know what's happening in our lives and to be the ones that make the decisions. I was in uh, Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. I went by train. I did one of those things that other people talk about but never happens to me where first class travel was only five pounds more so I did an upgrade. Well I did that, that happened to me. So I'm in first class with my free cup of coffee and my little, little olive dip and uh, crackers that I wasn't allowed to eat, scooping it out with my fingers and uh, just getting towards Preston and the attendant comes into the carriage and says, um, could everybody please just check their bags and make sure that nothing's missing? So I turned around to where my bag was. And uh, there in the empty space, I say to the attendant, actually, my bag's not there. And he says, actually, we've just had a phone call from a lady who got off at Carlisle with your suitcase by mistake interesting, never happened to me in standard class, but now I'm traveling in first class. Great. So because it was first class, he absolutely flew into action and off he went to figure out what he could do for me. So the instruction was to get off the train as planned in Wigan, where I was supposed to be changing to go to Liverpool, but I was to remain in Wigan. Well, my suitcase was put on the next train and would be delivered to me on the platform if I just waited there. So I had an attendant with me, in fact, I had two attendants with me as I waited on the train coming in. And as the driver got off the train with my suitcase, I suddenly became aware of all of the people on the platform who didn't seem to be getting ready to get onto the train and didn't especially look like they were getting ready to greet anybody off the train. All they were doing was watching. And what it looked like they were watching was some incompetent woman who hadn't even been able to keep her bag with her all the way from Edinburgh to Wigan. And I felt like for some reason I wanted to turn around and say to everyone, right, hang on a minute, I did not lose my bag, I did not leave it behind, somebody took it when I wasn't looking because I am competent, I am in control of my own life, don't think badly of me, I know what it looks like but that's not how it is all the time. What is that about us? Or is it just me? Just me, thanks. Just me who likes to think that I know what I'm doing. Who likes to be in control. But actually a life lived in the spirit is about giving away 
control. Because being in control of myself doesn't actually get me very far, Wigan. Managing my behaviour isn't going to bring life to me and it isn't going to love people really well. That is only going to happen in the Spirit's power. If we choose to be vulnerable in the power of the Spirit. I'm not going to read for you um, the passage from Romans 8 because Thomas read most of it earlier. I just want to give you the headlines of what Paul says there about what life in the Spirit is all about because we weren't all here when he read that. Paul says in Romans 8, I'd really encourage you to read it later. He says, life in the Spirit means that we are changed. We can have our mindset on what God wants. We can know life and peace now and forever. Because it's the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead who lives in us. Why? Paul says in Romans 8, because we're God's children, because he's our father, because he cares, because he loves, because he provides. And it is Holy Spirit's job to tell us that. That's what he does in the believer. He reminds us of who we are and helps us to live out the reality of who we are, to make the choices that reflect who we are. Why would we hold on to momentary pleasures in exchange for the fullness of life that we're offered in the Holy Spirit? When we're invited into a relationship that changes us for all of eternity, why would we say yes to something for how it makes us feel now when actually there is full life-giving freedom available to us? Because our freedom is a gift. And like with any gift that you're given, how well are we going to use it? Well, just three thoughts to finish about how we'll respond to Holy Spirit. We don't resist Holy Spirit. We want to agree with what he wants to do in us. Let him lead us, even if that leaves us feeling weak, vulnerable, or out of control because there is nothing to be feared. We might be tempted to care too much about what other people would think about us, but we want to allow him to change us because the Jesus likeness that he is growing in us is the most attractive, life-affirming life that there could possibly be in us. You want people to look at you and think there is something worth looking at, then let them see Jesus in us. There is nothing better that we could allow to happen because we don't stop being ourselves when that happens. But we're enabled to be the fullest, most Jesus-like version of ourselves that God intended for us when he made us. Allow him to do that work. It might offend our pride when we think that we know best. But God knows what we're like at our very best. He knows the purposes that he's made us for. He knows how to help us to love people no matter how badly others have hurt us in the past or how badly we might have hurt other people and feel like we can't be trusted to love again. Allow God to change us. Don't resist what the Holy Spirit might want to do in us that would free us for a new way of loving 
and of being loved, of changing others and of being changed. Don't resist Holy Spirit. Don't neglect Holy Spirit. Abide. Give him space to speak to you. Slow your body down, your mind down. I don't know about you, but I very easily live at 100 miles an hour where God doesn't have time in my day or in my head or in my spirit unless I consciously choose to slow down, slow down to worship, slow down to pray, slow down to read or slow down to listen. We need to give space for Holy Spirit that we would learn to recognize his voice and know what the choices are that he would call us to. How are we making space in our lives, intentionally creating space for him? How do we rest to be refreshed, to be able to choose wisely and well? I don't know about you, but when I am tired, I am at my least resilient and my least able to choose really well. I'm going to sound like your mum now, but there is nothing to beat going to your bed and going to sleep early for this for me I don't know about you but for me because when I'm tired my ability to make the right choices goes out of the window I'm tempted to go after comfort instead of the kindness of God the kindness of God often to me looks like a read of a book a chat with a friend a bath and an early night where my perspective is restored and I wake the next day early, able for the opportunities that God would have for me and ready for what he might do with me. But when I seek comfort, when I allow the sinful nature to have its way and the flesh gets to rule, well, that's when I open the bottle of wine, I stay up too late, I start to eat things I shouldn't be eating um, because I'm getting snackish. I check out the website. I'll just check out the Facebook page of that ex-boyfriend or that person that I probably shouldn't be looking at what they're up to in their life, but I'm tempted to do that because I stay up too late and I don't make wise choices when my resilience is low. Just me? Anyone else? We need to make these choices that give space for Holy Spirit to refresh us and to restore us and to bring right perspective back. Allow the Holy Spirit to have space. And then don't ignore the Holy Spirit. Allow Holy Spirit to change you. I don't know what he's been saying to you these last weeks as we've been thinking about freedom. I don't know what you've done with the things that he's spoken to you about. Maybe you've come for prayer. Maybe you've spoken to a friend about it. Maybe you've been ignoring those things, hoping that they'll go away. Not really wanting to talk to anybody in the prayer ministry team or any of your friends about the stuff that actually you know Holy Spirit wants to change. You know are not consistent with the likeness of Jesus in your life. And we want to say tonight that there is space and time to allow him to change you. That can start now with the choice that you make this evening, that whatever God has spoken to you tonight or any other night, that we've been speaking about freedom, letting go of what doesn't belong anymore and stepping in and taking hold of fully every good thing that God has got for you in every single area of your life so that you would love people well, 
the people that you find easy to love and the people that you find hard. We want tonight to allow God to change us, that work that you might have been resisting, that thing that you haven't seen as relevant. We want to allow him to change us. We want freedom to come into the place of battle and where we find it hard to love. So I'm going to pray for us and then the band are going to come and lead us in worship and the prayer ministry team are going to be here. And I don't know about you, but I still don't love the way that God would call me to love. And so any time I could do with somebody praying that for me, but there might be for you this evening particular people, particular places that you would just appreciate someone praying for you and the team would love to do that. But maybe it's the reality of the battle for you, that ability to choose and to know Holy Spirit's transformation that you would love someone to come alongside and pray for and they would just love to do that for you. But let me pray. Why don't you stand with me if you can just as we get ready to worship. So Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence and your power to us as a group. Thank you that when two or three gather in your name, Jesus, you're here with us by your Spirit's presence. But Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence right into the deepest, darkest parts of our lives. The bits people see and the bits that they don't. The bits that we've got hope for and the bits that we would rather stay hidden. And Holy Spirit, we want to ask that the whole of us would know freedom. The whole of us would know freedom to love people really well. And Holy Spirit, we pray this evening for breakthrough in some of the things that it feels have kept us bound. Would you help us to know what Jesus' likeness looks like? Would you give us courage to make choices that are in line with what you say? Holy Spirit, would you fill us with your power and your presence that would enable us to live differently? Lord, this evening, how we need to know your grace. You know our mistakes. You know our failings. You know our sin. We say we're sorry. We confess that we have not been and are not everything that we would long to be. But Holy Spirit, we welcome the hope that you bring, that life in the Spirit transforms us. We ask that we would know that we stand this evening in the reality of a transformed life, in the reality of a Spirit-empowered life, and would we go to live differently from this place, we pray. Do the work in us tonight that you want to do that would make that possible. Amen.